Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you Chapter 34 from If I Perish by Esther on Kim. Chapter 34, A Beautiful Swindler. One afternoon, a young woman was brought to our cell. She had smooth, white skin, a modern hairdo, and sat uh, elegantly. I was captivated by her fresh, polished beauty and was glad that she was in with us. Sensing that I was sympathetic toward her, she sighed deeply. Number 12, I said to her, you must have experienced hardships to be sent here. Even if I talk about them, nobody believes me, so I don't want to talk, she said. When supper time came, she said that anyone who wanted her food could have it. The other prisoners took it and divided it among themselves. Do you really like this chicken feed? She demanded. I want to throw up just looking at it. This chicken feed will turn into grains of gold for you one of these days, one of the others reminded her. After supper, she told us that she had grown up in a church and was a Christian. She spoke with such determination that I believed what she said. After graduating from one of the most important girls' high schools in Pyongyang, with a straight-A average, she had married into a wealthy family in the city. Looking as though she was about to start crying, she related how a detective had approached her husband and herself in a famous restaurant in the city and arrested them on suspicion of having a dangerous ideology. While we were talking, jailer Kuriyama returned, since... Fujita had been discharged because of her illness. Kuriyama was assigned to our cell again. She took everyone in our cell out for exercise. While we were in the inner courtyard, she warned me about number 12. She's a notorious swindler, she whispered, and has been convicted four times. It was hard for me to believe that, and I thought there must have been some mistake. Number 12 sensed the change in my attitude when the three-minute exercise period was over and returned, and we returned to our cell. She wanted to know what Kuriyama had said about her. I tried to pass it off, but she seemed to know that the jailer had told me that she was a swindler. She claimed the story had been started by the detective who arrested her. He wanted to make love to her, she explained, and when she refused his advances, he started the tale that she was a swindler. The jailers make judgments just by reading the report, she said, kneeling and staring, starting to cry. I feel disgraced and frustrated. During the night, she told me she was pregnant and craved candy. Her mother used to tell her that a baby would be born blind if a mother didn't get to eat the things she wanted to while she was carrying him. I cried too. When I thought of an innocent baby being born blind, my heart was in agony. Kuriyama heard our crying and voices and looked in. Number 12 listened to us talking. You and Kuriyama seem to be good friends. She is so kind and understanding and beautiful. Didn't God send her here for you? I think so. You will think I am presumptuous, she continued. But if you ask Kuriyama, she will listen to you. You are a devout Christian. Don't you think it 
would be cruel for my baby to be blind for the rest of his life. I had to admit that bothered me a great deal. You could help if you would. If you asked Kuriyama, she wouldn't say no. She would buy some candy for you. But th that is against the laws of the prison, I said. I held the same attitude about the civil law that I held for God's laws. But now an innocent life was about to come into this world, and it seemed to be appealing to me for eyes. I asked the Lord for his help, and also talked with some of the other prisoners. They were all opposed. You can't trust her, they said. If you do, you will be in great trouble. A middle-aged swindler looked down at number 12 contemptuously. You are a cunning fox, she said. When Kuriyama came in, number 12 once more implored me to get her some candy. Although I resisted for a time, in the end I told the guard about number 12 being pregnant and her strong desire for candy. So you want me to buy candies at the black market, she asked. Is that it? Feeling melancholy, I waited for Kuriyama's next duty, but number 12 seemed to be happy. Uh, when the jailer came and called the roll without giving me any candy, number 12 became irritated. Again, the old woman who was waiting trial for swindling warned me about her. I know her kind, she said. You will lose your reputation if you are doing... Uh, if." What you are doing becomes known. Much later that night, Kuriyama put the candy through the metal hole. I gave it to number 12. Not even thanking me, she took it and ate it without offering me a bite. Hua Chun, a girl on the death row, was wide awake. She ate it all herself, she said miserably. I tried to console her by reminding her that there would be far better things than candy in heaven. But Hua Chun was crying, and I was crying too. Number 12 had fallen asleep after eating all the candy, and I still did not know whether I had done a good or bad thing. The next morning, number 12 ordered me to ask Kuriyama to get more candy for her. But this time I was... I, but this time I want rice cake. The next time she was on duty, Kuriyama brought a big rice cake with number 12 or which number 12 again ate all alone. I thought she had gained confidence because she knew how now that her baby would not be born blind, but her gentleness seemed to disappear. Again, she ordered me to have Kuriyama buy her more candy. I refused, and her attitude changed completely. Don't you know that you ordered the jailer to buy candy? She asked. Because of this, you are going to be handcuffed and tortured until your bones are crushed. As if I had plunged over a thousand-foot cliff, everything was dark and my body was trembling. The next moment I came to my senses. As I looked up to the Lord, I stood firmly and asked his help. He filled my heart with strength. Number 57, she said coldly, order Kuriyama what I tell you to, or you will be handcuffed and tortured. I closed my mouth and did not respond. The other prisoners were so stunned they could say nothing, but they raised their fists and were ready to beat her. I decided to fast. When I began, number 12 snatched away my meal and ate it. When roll call came that evening, number 12 called Kuriyama aside and said arrogantly, 
when you come to work on your next shift, you know what you have to do. I will only withhold reporting you today. Jailer Kuriyama did not yield. Let her report it, she said quietly. Or quickly. Or quietly. Uh, when number 12 realized that everything was not going as she had planned, she became outraged. She kicked and beat old prisoners and spat on them like a madwoman. The others became afraid of her. Although one cell was small, or, or, although our cell was small, it had been called a chapel of uh, heaven, but now it was about to become a demon's den. At roll call time the next morning, number 12 told the chief jailer that she wanted to report something in secret to her. Although the time was short, the other prisoners and I prayed to God. After a while, each prisoner was summoned one by one. None returned. At last, last uh, I was called in. My heart was completely calm, and I had a feeling of gratitude. Jailer Kuriyama was also in the room when I got there. I did not see any of my prison mates except for number 12, who was kneeling on the floor. The chief mailer or ma mail jailer demanded to know if I knew the law. I said I did, yet you broke it, he said. Why? I told him about number 12 being pregnant and worried about her baby being born blind, so I had appealed to jailer Kuriyama, who knew the feelings of a mother. But I have come to know how cruel it is to break the law, I said, because I have been threatened by number 12 every day. Did you eat any of the candy? No. What about the rice cake? I ate none of that either. When I received it from Kiriyama, I handed it to number 12, and she ate it all. Did anyone else eat it? None. Were the other prisoners sleeping? The chief jailer asked. I thought they were, but when number 12 was eating the candy and the rice cake, Everybody was sighing and crying. Why didn't you eat it? It was not my food, I said simply. Then he returned. Then he turned on number 12. When she admitted that she had eaten both the candy and the rice cake alone, he began to lash her furiously and mercilessly with a thick leather whip. I turned my back and tried to cover my face with my hands to blot out the terrible thing that was happening. All of the other prisoners except number 12 were returned after questioning. She was placed in a single cell, which was a torture room. But she fought back, blaming Kuriyama and me for her troubles and scheming to get even with us. She made friends with the chief female jailer and the bad jailers. The bad prisoners were also on her side. A great deal of scheming and plotting went on in the prison between, between some of the guards and a certain element among the prisoners. Number 12 conspired to steal wool and silk from the prison factory and had it sold through the black market on the outside, a scheme which required the help of both the bad prisoners and the corrupt jailers. She was able to bribe her way out of the torture room and be put in cell 6. She never seemed to sleep at night. She was always busy doing something secretly. We could smell the good food she had in her cell. Food was more important than life. It was easy to bribe prisoners with food. Those who tasted the black market food changed. They spread their smiles to number 12 and served the bad jailers as though they were queens. 
but the gentle and good jailers and prisoners protected me. Consequently, the women prisoners were divided unofficially into two groups. The two jailers, who were on the side of number 12, were terrible women, and in that group were swindlers and thieves. Her plans soon became plain. They would have jailers, Kuriyama and Ju, fired in order to harass me. I decided these experiences might be God's will. Hunger, trials, and unbearable tribulation provided good opportunities to experience the Lord's promises. The entire attitude of the prisoners in the woman's section changed. The wicked got their way while the Christians were apprehensive and fearful. It was possible to tell which group any woman belonged to just by looking at her. We could not escape from number 12, nor could we dissuade her. The bedtime trumpet sounded in derision. I felt as if I were buried in a grave thousands of feet deep. Although I had extremely poor blood, I fasted for three days. My body seemed to dry up. My breathing was constantly painful, and every time I coughed, it felt as though a needle was being driven through me. If I quit, Kiriyama said, you won't have a bad time like this, but when I quit, what will happen to you? I want to stay here and come to see you every day. After a few days, I realized that we should wait for the Lord to act. He will make everything better soon. He will teach me through this situation, I told myself. I do not know the world of evil, so that's why he is showing me all of this. He will soon judge everything, so be cheerful and wait. One day, an incident that shook the entire prison occurred in the women's section. A wool company brought a large amount of wool to the women prisoners' factory. A silk factory was asked to manufacture huge quantities of silk cloth at the prison factory, so the prisoners knitted sweaters and shawls of the wool and kimonos and bedding from, from the silk. The bad jailers, along with the bad prisoners, bribed the guards at the main gate to let them take silk, silk cloth, and wool materials to the outside, but their plans went awry. One guard was summoned elsewhere for duty, and a guard who could not be bribed took over. He caught the thieving jailers, and the prison was in a tumult. Authorities swarmed into the women's sector to inspect the factory and question the prisoners, but none of the bad prisoners spoke well of the bad jailers. They would harass us if we didn't give them what they ordered, they said, so we did as we were told. Many of the bad jailers were discharged immediately when the entire story came out. It was even revealed that they had bribed certain prisoners with food and had cruelly treated the good prisoners. In addition, it was proven that they gave false reports on jailers Kuriyama and Ju. Uh, the bad prisoners were moved out from a good cell into a bad cell. Number 12 was discovered to be the chief conspirator. When the evidence was presented, she was handcuffed and placed in a special isolated cell. Jailers Kiriyama and Ju were each re awarded a pair of shoes and were triumphant. The Lord lives and judges. Next time, chapter 35, A Young Girl Condemned to Die.